with me, if you will, in your Bible to John chapter 14. Now, if you know anything about me, I don't like to cherry pick scriptures. I don't like to try and grab one word or two words here or there or somewhere else and just try and put it together because you can make the Bible, you can make any conversation be anything you want to if you cherry pick. So I actually was going to maybe cut this down a little bit because it is kind of, it's chapter 14, 1 through 14, and 14 verses is a lot to read, but I really want you to get the context of what's going on here. I'm just so excited about this message. But starting with verse 1, Jesus is talking to his disciples. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, but trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, what I've told you that I'm going to a place to prepare for you. He's like, hey, listen, even though you can't see it and what you don't know what's going on, I've got this all going on. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know, that, that whole thing right there, it reminds me of me and my wife. Because I love my wife unbelievably how much I love her. And I tell her, whenever I go to work, I really wish you were just like stuck in my pocket and you just lose me all the time. When you go to work, I wish I could just like get into your pocket and we're just like, we're just there together all the time. You don't even have to talk. I don't have to talk. It's just, I just want to be with you. And Jesus and our relationship is that relationship. He's the the groom and we're the bride and 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 this whole thing so i will be with you always and i want you with me where i am i just love that so much thomas said maybe i love the disciples how they're like us and they don't really get it and they're still thinking down here and jesus is talking up here he goes no we don't know lord we have no idea where you're going so how will we even know the way jesus told him i am the way the truth and the life no one can come to the father except through me And I love this scripture because there's so many religions out there. There's so many ways, if you will, that they say, hey, well, you can go this way, you can go that way. Jesus is like, no, 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 let me just lay it out for you. Let me explain it to you. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you'd really known me, Jesus said, you would know who my Father is. If you'd really know me, again, it's pointing back to that relationship of where I just can't wait to be with you. You can't wait to be with me. I love God. He loves me. We're in this whole thing. But he, he's rolling out a new concept to them because up to that point, God was the lightning bolt God. He's the God that caused the ground to open up and swallow people, all right? That's the scary God that's like, you better do everything right. You better cross all your T's and dot your I's because if not, it's not going to be good for you. And now Jesus comes on and goes, I'm the son of God. And they're like, what are you talking about? That's the lightning bolt throwing guy. Who who, who are you? A son. Okay, I'm kind of right. My brain's around. He's like, "Now, now hold on. You'll know who the father is. Whoa, father is a completely different relationship from the lightning bolt throwing God. From now on, he says, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, show us the father and we'll be satisfied. Again, thinking down here, like, okay, let him show up here. I mean, is he going to like show up at our next meeting? Is he going to be the guest speaker? I mean, what's going on here? And Jesus said, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still do not know who I am? Again, pointing to a relationship. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. We're so intertwined that I'm him and he is me. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Here's where we're landing. Verse 10. Don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? 
The words I speak are not my own. I love this. The words I speak are not my own. Here he is. Jesus is the Son of God. Walking the earth as a human being, showing us how we can live a godly life, being here, and he goes, even me as God, I don't speak the words that are my own, but my Father, who lives in me, does his work through me. It's not my own words I speak. Next verse, I love this. Just believe. Just believe. Can you believe? Just believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me. Or at least, if you can't get that far, at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. So like we saw a couple of weeks ago, the, the, the guy with the son that's trying to commit suicide all this time, he goes, Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. I, I can't get quite where I really need to be. Jesus like, hey, if you're not even there, at least believe because of the works you've seen. They're evidence of what God goes on. I tell you, verse 12, anyone who believes in me will do the same works. Well, I believe in Jesus. We believe in Jesus. Anyone will do the same works that I've done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. But how can anyone who believes in me do the same works? Because Jesus was giving us a pattern to show us that it's not him. It's not even him as son of God who's doing these things. He's like, I don't even use my own words. The words I speak, I'm getting from him. What you see me doing is coming from him. Now I've heard this scripture and growing up in church, I've heard plenty of messages with this and and, and it really never jumped out to me until I had this experience when I was on staff at CFNI. At that time, the sound booth was sticking out from the back of the building and the second floor just sticking out over. So you got this balcony that goes around the whole place. And I'm running sound for this conference or whatever's going on. And, and I'm there and, and just minding my own business, doing what I'm supposed to do. And all of a sudden, I had what I will call an open vision. Everything like paused and just like dimmed down. And as I'm sitting here, I saw out of that door that's over there. If you know CFNI, the building at all, you'll understand what I'm saying. I saw Jesus walk down that, that balcony all the way to right there equal to me, to my left. And I saw a young girl that I knew as a student, and she had part of her arm was missing. I believe it was her right arm, if I remember correctly. And she was a beautiful girl. She loved God. She worshiped God, but she was missing part of her arm, like from right below her elbow or above. It, it was missing. And I don't know why or how that happened, but that's the way she was. But she didn't let that hold her back. She was still just so energetic, loving God and worshiping him. And I saw Jesus walk down the thing and she was standing right there with her hands raised, worshiping Jesus. And I saw Jesus reach over and touch her and I saw the arm grow out. And then he looked at me and gave me the finger to come here. And just like that, it came back. And I'm like, what in the world was that? And now, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that, but try to reacclimate yourself and look around. And I look around, and she's standing right there. I'd not seen her. I didn't know she was standing there. She was standing there just exactly like I saw Jesus. Walk down, touch her, call me. I turn and look, she's standing right there. And unfortunately, this story doesn't have a happy ending because I was scared. I freaked out. 
I, oh no, I, um, I'm just the sound guy. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Uh, I gotta mess with these knobs. I gotta. I can't. I can't go anywhere. But I firmly believe, had I obeyed, because I saw Jesus walk over and touch her, and then tell me to come and be His hands and feet and to touch her, I firmly believe, as much as I'm standing here, that I would have seen her hand literally grow out in front of me. But then I go back to the scripture. And I see him say, hey, what I do isn't me. What he called me to do wasn't me. He's like, I'm not doing this in how great that I am. I'm doing this through what the Father does. Even greater works will you do because I'm going to be with the Father. Now, Everybody that I've ever heard in church, they'll talk about this scripture. Even greater works are great. But all we're really believing for is even the things, same things that Jesus did. To see dead people come to life. But can I suggest to you that where Jesus saw the Father is how he operated in everything. So when we looked at the story two weeks ago about Jairus, and he's going to his house because his daughter's sick, Jesus saw the daughter being healed. And when they came to him and said, don't trouble the master anymore, your daughter's dead. She's like, we're going to keep going. Because Jesus was going to say, hey, we're going to go there and I'll see what I can work up. Jesus already saw in the spirit that God was going to raise that little girl from the dead. He goes, she's just sleeping. Let's keep going. He walked in there because he had a vision of what was going on there. I firmly believe that when Lazarus is over here getting sick and they sent word to Jesus that, hey, your best friend Lazarus is really sick. You need to go. You need to drop what you're doing. Go grab some olives and squeeze them and, you know, go touch him, you know, pray for him, do the thing you do, and he's going to be fine. I believe Jesus had a vision of God raising him out of the tomb. And he goes, we're not going today. What? Did you hear me? Your, your best friend, he's really, really sick. We're not going today. Even when he got there, his, Mary Martha said, if you'd only come, he wouldn't have died. And I love this scripture. It's the shortest verse in the Bible. Two words, Jesus wept. It shows his humanity. It shows his compassion that he's like us, that he has emotions. I believe he had a vision of God the Father raising him out of that tomb, but he still had emotions. He cried and he says, take me to the tomb. I believe Jesus operated in what he saw the Father doing, and he wasn't moved by all the different things. He was just doing what the Father told him to do. In John chapter 5, verse 17, Jesus replied, my Father is always working And so am I. So they get all upset with him, and they're trying to figure this out. So verse 19, Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He's like, everything you see going on, it isn't me. There's nothing I can do with this. He only does what he sees his father doing. He sees Lazarus coming out of the tomb. He's getting sick. I know what's going to happen. 
Jairus' daughter. On and on and on and on the stories. He's like, he only does what he sees the father's doing. So whatever the father does, the son also does. So can I just suggest to you that because God, Jesus made us to be like him, and he says, here's the example of how you're supposed to do, I can take this out and put Kevin in there. I tell you the truth. Kevin could do nothing by himself. Let me just tell you, that's true. Kevin only does what he sees the father's doing. Whatever the father does, Kevin does. Now you say, well, you're the pastor. So yeah, I I can see that. That works. Can I suggest to you that's not just me because I'm a pastor. It's every single one of us. You put your name in there. You can do nothing by yourself. Let me just tell you, that's the truth. You only can do what you see the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, you also do. Verse 20, for the Father loves the Son and shows him everything he is doing. In fact, the Father will show him how to do even greater works than healing this man. Then you will be truly astonished. Just as the Father gives life to those he raises from the dead, so the Son gives life to anyone he wants. He said, I'm doing what the Father showed me. John 8, 28, out of the NLT, Jesus says, and when you've lifted the Son of Man up on the cross, this is chapter 8. There's many more chapters in John. So he's foreshadowing everything that's going to happen. He's dying on the cross. Then you'll understand that I am he. I do nothing on my own. I do nothing on my own, but only what the Father taught me. And when I looked up that word taught me, it, the word literally means preach to me. It gives the connotation of him coming to church, sitting where you're sitting, and letting God minister the word to him. It's like, hey, I'm only getting what God is, is downloading to me, what he's teaching me. Another version of that says, Jesus says, I do nothing of my own initiative. I don't have an agenda. I'm only doing what my Father in heaven is telling me. This is what I want to happen. So let's say this. One of the scriptures we looked at this week during early morning prayer, 21 days, Acts chapter 3. Remember everything? We've laid the table out, and I want to take you here. Peter and John went to the, ta- the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. So even then, they're going to a prayer service. 21 days of prayer is not anything new. They had prayer services in the New Testament. And they're going, and they're going to, even though they got this whole local church thing that's going on, they're still going to the temple to do this. I love that about them. They're going to a prayer service. And as they approached the temple, a lame man from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called Beautiful, so he could beg from the people going to the temple. Like the blind guy we saw last week. Only thing he do is disabled. The only thing he do is sit out there and say, won't you help me? You got some change you can give me? Maybe a dollar? You got anything you can help me with? Won't you help me? Just sits there and begs of everybody. This is his lot in life. One, one uh, translation of this says that he was about 40 years old. That means that he was sitting there begging even when Jesus was walking through here, walking to the same temple. Jesus walked by this guy and undoubtedly he sat there going, won't you help me? I got my hand out. Can you give me something? 
When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. This is just what he's asking everybody for, some money. But look what happens. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. Look at me. Don't you know he got real excited? Like, man, look at that intention. He said, look at me, man. I'm going to make some money. I mean, I might get a 10. I might get a 20. This is my lucky day. It's going to be great for me. (laughs) The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter and John, Peter smashed those really quick. He said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. Oh, seriously? But I give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did that, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He stood up, he jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking and leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. And all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. And and the creative miracle that happened here, he had been lame probably from birth didn't have any muscle developed in him so there's nothing if anything they're all atrophied they're really super small so he's being carried everywhere and just dropped down there and picked up to go back home and this is his life so the creative miracle of peter saying stand up and grabbing his hand to pull him up i mean he's like hey, if you're pulling me i'm just gonna fall flat on my face what's gonna go on here and then when god boom just hits it the muscles all just came out there but that's enough of a miracle but then he stood up and he's able to walk and he's able to jump and he's able to go all this place it goes to church with them he's sitting outside the church before just begging now he's going inside the church with them i love how this story goes when he got in there Everybody realized that he was a lame beggar, verse 10, that they'd seen so often. They're all walking by him. They were absolutely astonished. Verse 12. Peter saw this opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? Who does that sound like? Peter is talking and repeating Jesus. Why are you looking at me? I couldn't do this. But what was different about that day versus all the days that Jesus and everybody walked by? Peter and John had walked by him before. The guy's 40 years old. What was different about that day? preach the whole message on this. If you didn't hear it, you can go back and listen to it. It's called the right time because the gate beautiful literally means there's the right time. And this was a catalyst that launched 3,000 people coming into the church. But Peter's like, I believe he saw God saying, today's his day. Today is the moment for him. Today is his day. And he stopped and said, get up. Look at me. Get up and grabbed his hand and helped him up. And God did this amazing, amazing miracle. Verse 13, Peter continues. For it is God who has brought glory to his servant, servant Jesus by doing this. It is God who has brought glory. It is God who did this. This isn't me. 
verse 16, through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was from before. You know this guy. You've seen him. You know him. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Let me tell you, this week, during 21 days of prayer, I had another vision like I had at Christ for the Nations where I saw Jesus walk down. But I saw a chair, one of these chairs. I saw it setting just like this. And I saw people who were in need of healing sitting in that chair. And I saw God do healing and do amazing things. I saw many faces, but I didn't see who they were. There's only one face that I saw and recognized. But let me go back to that scripture. (laughs) I think it's 12. Don't look at me. I can't do anything to help him. I have no power to do anything for anybody that sits in that chair. I, I, I certainly can't claim my godliness and say, well, I'm so holy. Look at me. I've gone to 21 days of prayer every day. I've been here. And boy, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm everything. This has nothing to do with me. Don't look at me. It's the power of God. It's the faith in Jesus Christ. And what I saw in my spirit, man, the same as I saw that day was God's going to do amazing things when people sit in that chair. So here's a spoiler alert. You're going to hear much of the same message next week. Because next week, I believe, is when I saw that this chair is to be utilized. We've got one more week of 21 days of prayer. We've been praying over this chair all this week. In fact, we have all the prayer requests. We're healing. We're laying them all out here. We have intentionality going there. And you'll see me up here praying over this. And I'm asking you guys when you're here to come pray for this as well. And we're believing that when people sit here, that God's going to heal them. Don't look at me. It's not me. I can't do anything to make that happen. There's nothing inside of me. I'm going to belabor that. Let me just tell you, I'm going on a limb. This is not comfort zone for me. This is way out of my comfort zone. But I saw a vision of God touching his people in this chair setting right here. Pulled it out here. It could just easily be that chair or that chair. Or that. It's not the chair. It's not the building. It's not me. It is God. It is faith in Jesus' name, verse 16, that healed this man. In Jesus' name, he's healed him before your very eyes. So I'm going to preach a lot of this same message next week to build faith in everyone you invite. Because you know what? This isn't just for us. Do you know that most people who received healing in the Bible weren't Christians, weren't saved? That was the catalyst in their life for them to come to God. So don't just invite church people that are saying, hey, I'm believing for healing, and I heard that Pastor Kevin has a word from God that if I sit in that chair, that chair does nothing. It's the faith in Jesus. But, But don't just invite church people. Invite people that maybe you walked by coming to church. 
never come to church. Maybe next Sunday is their day. You're going to hear me say it a million times. It's not me. There's nothing magical about this oil, these hands, that chair, this room. Through faith in the name of Jesus. Faith in Jesus' name will heal those people. I saw a vision of God touching people here. Let me tell you, that's not on me. Any more than it was on me if I got up and went over and prayed for that girl. I I can't do anything. It's faith in God. Faith in the name of Jesus. Bow your heads with me, please. Father God, I've never felt more convicted of a message I've never felt more strongly about a direction to go than it is for this. Lord, I'm going out on a limb, but it has nothing to do with me. I'm calling and demanding on the power of God. And just the way Jesus said, we'll keep going to your house, Jairus. Just the same way he said, we're going to go see Lazarus after he's died. The same way he touched and healed everyone, he healed all the people who came before him. God, he said he did it because he saw you. He saw you doing it. He said, I'm not doing this on my own. I don't have my own initiative. I don't have my own agenda. This isn't me you see doing this. This is my father. And you're going to do the same things and even greater. God, I'm tapping onto those scriptures, Lord. I'm calling those in for next week. Lord, I'm asking you for that window in heaven for next services, first Saturday night service, for the 9.30 service, for the 11 o'clock service. God, I'm asking you to do something great in this place, just like I saw in my spirit. Lord, I pray that we step out of our comfort zones and we invite people here and Lord we see you do amazing things God I love you you could have chosen anybody but you chose us God accomplish your word Lord, let anything that I said today that is not from you, let it just fall to the wayside. Let it not even be remembered past the door. But Lord, your words, they will stand forever. God in heaven, I'm asking you for day 16 of 21 days and day 17 and 18 and 19. Lord, every day here as we come and pray over these prayer requests, Lord, as we pray over this chair, Lord, as we focus our prayer towards this day for this event, that God, you're going to do something amazing. Not because of me, not because of my godliness, not for any power that I have of the faith in the name of Jesus.
Lord, I give this to you. Commit it all to you. In Jesus' name I pray.